Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we will study God's Word. Good morning, everyone. I'm Brian Wren, your transition lead pastor. And once again, it is a joy to be with all of you. And if you're online with us today, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us. We're in a series called More Than a Feeling. I won't sing the song this morning, but I will take you to where we're focused today. We're talking today about what? Being mad. Anybody been mad lately? It's a great day to talk about it. And if the Niners don't win, we all got to deal with it, right? So what an appropriate topic for today. Hey, I want to bring up somebody who's a bit of an expert. Doesn't mean she has it all down, but she helps people every day deal with anger. Can we welcome Susie Hughes? Hi, Susie. Susie's been around PCC for quite some time, raised her kids here, and... uh, She's a powerhouse in the community. You might not know this. Therapist by training, ends up uh, opening her own practice, turns it into a greater thing called One Life Counseling Center in San Carlos. And what's so great, it's become so much more, uh, Suze won't say this, so I will. When I've gotten to know her, she's always about those who are the underdog in a lot of ways, based on who I know she's worked with in her training and then who she focuses on. We've been actually trips to Malawi together, and so I've seen it there. But One Life uh, Counseling Center does a ton when it comes to typical therapy. So if you need therapy, it's a great place to go on the website and get help there. And there's, there's 10, 20, 30 plus counselors that you're associated with. But she also does a ton in the community. During COVID, she was one of the leaders for organization to get food to people who needed food. We had organizations that did it in Redwood City, like Generations United. She was doing it in San Carlos. So it's just been neat to see it's become so much more than just a counseling center, which is pretty good. Just a counseling center would be just good enough. It would. (laughs) would, So, Suze, tell us why we get angry. You're expert, MFT, trained, work with people on a regular basis, see all the anger on the peninsula. Why do we get angry? A lot of anger. Yeah, your own anger. No, it was ironic that you called me this week and said, okay, let's talk about anger. I'm like, does he know how angry I am? (laughs) Well, that's part of the reason we brought you here today. That's right. I'm an example of a sinner. Um, So I I came up with a couple different scenarios. And one is uh, the classic. Many of you experienced this. I experienced it this week when I opened up a nasty gram on email. Usually they're from the same people. You know when a nasty gram Mm -hmm. appears and you feel threatened or attacked. Yeah. So that is one place where you definitely have fear. Uh, You get your fight or flight mode going and you get that, that threat. Second is when you're really frustrated or feel mm. powerless. Um, and so that happens a lot of times relationally in yeah. relationships when you feel like you can't say what you need to say. Mm. So I'm hearing fear, frustration. This is worth writing down so you'll be aware. Fear, frustration, what else? Why else we get angry? Uh, this is a classic, uh, the cutoff in, on the highway. It's the perceived injustice. Mm-hmm. How could that guy cut me off when I'm driving 60 miles an hour on the freeway. So we get, we get the, that happens to us, mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. sometimes. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, this one is interesting. And, and when I do therapy, I don't know why this scenario comes up time and time again. But a lot of kids have had this happen to them where they get their bike stolen and the lack of respect for feelings or property hmm. really makes people mad, and they remember it. Um, yeah. I've had a lot of people say, well, somebody stole my bike when I was 12 years old, and I was really mad. Yeah. Um, so if somebody 
has a lack of respect for your possessions or feelings. Hmm. Any other reasons we uh, get angry? This one is, um, it, it's, it's one that Jesus showed us, but it's righteous anger. And I think the best example of a righteous anger that I've seen lately is my friend um, Liz and Rob. The, the Walker family lost their child to fentanyl poisoning. Sure. And they, um, gosh, they were mad. They were mad that we don't know about it. They were mad that um, the kids were getting duped into thinking something was okay to take and it was fatal. And now even driving over the bridge, San Mateo Bridge, I saw Colin's face in a fentanyl kills ad on a billboard. And I'm like, they have turned their anger um, into something that could potentially save people's lives. Mm, so that righteous, righteous anger, yeah. yeah. Are all those other angers that aren't righteous selfish? How would you describe that? Is that true or not? And if you could put the mic up a little. Yeah. But are all those, other, all those other angers but righteous, are they just selfish? Or what would you say about that? They are informative. Brian. Informative. Yeah. So they're not selfish because we get angry regardless, right? We need them. Uh, we we need to have something in our soul that reminds us when things are off. And anger is good. It is inherently a God-given emotion that we need to have. I think our response to it is always the problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. That's good. So let's go to this other question. Why is it important that we deal with our anger? Well, I, I kind of think of it as like uh, rotten fruit in a fruit bowl. Like if you leave fruit there, it's, it could be something really good and nutritious. But if you let it sit there and yeah. mold, and it's really not that great for you. Here come the flies. Here come the flies. Yeah. So if you, if you deal with it, um, anger has a power for intimacy, which is beautiful. It has, it's an opportunity. Hmm. It, can, it can make your relationship closer if you can handle it well. Hmm. So in that way, it's a gift. Um, I'm scared of it. I'm so scared of anger, and I, it, for me, it triggers abandonment. Uh, that's interesting. And, and go down that other road you talked about earlier when we were talking that you feel like we've been socialized in many ways to not acknowledge our anger. I, I think definitely growing up as um, a young girl, I was encouraged not to express anger. Yeah. That, that it was not okay. It was um, aggressive. It was uh, inappropriate. It yeah. was... I was, I was socialized to not feel that. And so as, as a result, I, I, I can't recognize it a lot of times. Yeah. And it will become like an emotion sandwich where there's anger and fear and abandonment and a huge sandwich of yeah. I don't even want to know what it is. Yeah. So it's an opportunity to really help us understand what's going on there and deal with it well. And oh, and it feels yeah. good. If you can work through anger with somebody and get to the next, you're yeah. closer. Yeah. Yeah, there's intimacy. Uh, last thing. We're talking about naming anger, taming it, okay, about claiming it, going to God with it and getting the truth. Why is that good to do? Why, you know, why is it good to walk through that process? What would you say? Well, I think naming it is, I, I didn't know what it was. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it was kind of fear. I didn't realize that I was allowed to, to feel angry. Yeah. I didn't know that that was okay. Um, and so knowing where it lies in your body, knowing how to feel it, express it, um, I think the most important thing I've learned about anger is, like, sit with it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, wait 24 hours on returning the nasty gram. Yeah. Uh, I always have to wait because I want to fire off something real quick. Sure. And um, join the fight, but it, it never <laughs> ends well. Um, so I think waiting that 24 hours and um, asking God for help during that time, mm-hmm. claiming it and, and yeah. bringing it to him and saying, help me work through this because I'd really... 
like to say something really nasty, and I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thank you. That brings yeah. us to the rest of our message today. Can we thank Suze? I got you. Hey. Peace to you. Mm. As we deal with anger today, I want you to open your Bibles to Psalm 109. Would you open your Bibles there? It's on page 605 in the pew. We're going to get there in just a moment. Wow. This thing of anger is tough, isn't it? I hope you heard today that anger unto itself isn't bad, what Sue's told us. In the end, it's how we deal with it that can be bad. That's the real challenge about it. That's the real challenge about it. And that's why we're in this series, because we want to make sure that we're people who know how to deal with how we feel. Can we say that? Deal with how you feel. It's huge. It's so important. And that's why we've gotten into this series, because we're looking at core emotions. And I would say it does this. Susie said it really well. It gives us an opportunity to become more self-aware and have greater intimacy with God. I don't know if you ever realized that, that your emotions can help you have greater intimacy with God. In the world out there, they talk about it being emotional intelligence. I'm bringing a new concept in here. It's probably somebody else already said it. So find it on the internet and then tell me. Emotional spiritual intelligence. Does that make sense? That's the incorporation of God into our emotions. So emotional spiritual intelligence. That's what we're going after. And if you really, really think about it, recognizing your emotions and learning to manage them is one of the most important life skills you can have, wouldn't you say? I mean, there should be more classes on this. And even if you don't believe in God, I think you believe in that sentence. And if you're seeking God today, I think you would believe in that sentence that recognizing your emotions and learning to manage them is one of your most important life skills. And But where I would put the emotionally spiritual intelligence in this would be changing and just adding a little bit to that sentence. Recognizing your emotions and learning to manage them with God is one of your most important life skills because God is there to help us manage our emotions. And I hope this series is helping you see that more and more. And when you see this psalm today, you're going to be blown away how David brought the fullness of his anger to God. And God was like, hey, I can handle this. Bring it. You can bring it to me. Final reason we're doing this. Awareness is the first one. Second one is, hey, emotional, spiritual intelligence. Third reason we're doing this. This is part of our discipleship. This is part of us learning with God, making God the one we follow and becoming more like him. If we're going to be holy, like the holy one, we have to deal with how we feel so that we can reflect that even when we have all these different emotions. So here's my question for you today. How are you feeling? How are you feeling? And what are you feeling? And have you been getting your hands around these six emotions? Do you have them yet? I put them in a simple way so you can get them. Glad, mad, sad. That's alphabetical and it kind of rhymes, right? Glad, mad, sad. Say that with me. Glad, mad, sad. Okay? Then look at the next three. They're pretty, they're pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward. Scared, shame, shock. Say that with me. Scared, shame, shock. Glad, mad, sad, scared, shame, shock. You have them now. You could be walking around and just take a deep breath. Oh, 
feeling kind of scared right now because I'm walking this meeting and I don't know really what I'm doing. All right? God, could you help me? I know you're greater than this meeting. Simple way about it. You have that opportunity. You're a moment away of intimacy with God when you feel, if you allow it. And here's the reality. Emotions are pretty powerful, aren't they? Has one of your emotions ever taken you farther than you wanted to ever go? Has one of your emotions ever caused you to do something that you are still regretting? Welcome to riding the elephant of emotions. We've been using that imagery of that the emotions that we have are much stronger and greater than our intellect. I know I shouldn't yell right now, but I yelled. Because what? The elephant is powerful and it will take us places that we don't want to go and cause us to do things we never want to do. And here's what's interesting, though. Our anger in all of our emotions either leads us where? To God or away from God. What if that was just your homework this week? Hey, did I allow my emotions to lead me towards God or away from God more this week? What if that was just your simple, simple exercise of awareness? And you would realize, gosh, I'm so angry right now. I'm so mad at that person. I'm so mad. Oh, but God, you could help me if I would bring this to you. Wouldn't that be a win? That's what we're going after. We're trying to tame the elephant. We're trying to tame the emotional elephant. Here's our big idea today. Allow your anger to lead you to God. Allow your anger to lead you to God. Pretty simple concept today. Now, I want to ask you this. When you're angry, are you a stuffer or a puffer? All right? I need you to self-identify now. You get angry and you just stuff it and you just stuff it and you just stuff it, or are you a puffer where it just comes out? All right, like the dragon, it just puffs out and you heat up everybody in the room. It's important to know what type you are because instead of stuffing and puffing, God wants you just to bring your anger to him. Let's talk about two types of anger. There's two types of anger. And Susie mentioned one. There's righteous anger where, hey, you're right. Like, that is a wrong and that stirs me up. And then there's unrighteous anger, where you're just like caught up in your own self and you want your own way. You know what I mean by that? And so think about this. Sometimes our selfish needs cause what? They cause unrighteous anger. But then sometimes we're wronged and we have, we have righteous anger. Like, hey, you wronged me and I'm mad at you because of that and we need to work through that. Sometimes there's political issues. I mean, let's just get honest. Like, all the political issues are out there, immigration, gun control, abortion, women's rights, all right? Ooh, like, does that just start to stir you as I bring those up, all right? Think of something like today. Today, uh, around the nation, it's called Sanctity of Life Sunday, and it's to mark that life is sacred. And in many ways, I think we could agree on that, but think of the anger that starts to stir in some about that because that bleeds into, like, women's rights in some way, all right? And then some others who are pro, pro, pro-life then take that all the way to folks who are in prison and their lives aren't being cared for. Do you see where this can just lean? I'm not trying to be political here. I'm just trying to stir your anger, <laughs> all right? I'm messing with you a little bit, all right? I have no political agenda today. Is life sacred? Yes. Is Sanctity of Life Sunday very good to acknowledge that? Yes. Okay? All right? We should be very careful on how we deal with life 
at any stage. Would you agree with me on that? Yes, okay? But if you're pro-women's rights or you're pro-life or you're pro to fight for those who are incarcerated or if you're pro for those fighting for the rights and care of those who have had abortions, like couples who have had abortions and they need to, be, they need to walk through a process just to process that, all that what seemingly seems righteous can turn really unrighteous quickly. Does that make sense? We know the extreme cases. That's the person who goes and like shoots up the abortion clinic. All right? They had some righteous anger about something, but then they take it to an unrighteous way. But don't we all do that in some way? We get this righteous anger. I, I kind of like when I have righteous anger. Because then I'm like, I'm right. You're wrong. And then, but I got to deal with it. And here's what happens. Like, that righteous anger that I get sometimes, um, you know, it starts off, it seems kind of this small, but then it grows, and it grows. Do you really want me to do this? And it grows, and it grows. And I have all this righteous anger that I, am, I know I'm right. And if I don't let that out, and if I don't show up and just go, hey, I'm angry about this, I'll probably blow and cause a lot more destruction than necessary. Folks, I don't care if your anger is righteous or unrighteous. We got to get it to this manageable size so we can deal with it. And that's what God wants us to do today. That's what God wants us to do today. So here's what I want you to realize is this. The truth about anger. Here's two truths. James 1, 19 and 20. It's on the screen. This should be a verse that we should all know and hold on to and attempt to live into with God's help. Look at what it says. Everyone should be what? Quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Because look at the word how, how righteousness is used. Because the human anger does not pr- produce what? Righteousness that God desires. Remember, you can have righteous anger and still screw it up. So just because you have righteous anger doesn't mean you have a right to go do something that's destructive, but you can go do something that's useful. Look at Ephesians 4.26, and this is what Susie was really going after here. In your anger, do not sin. You will have anger just like you'll have gladness, just like you'll have sadness, just like you'll be scared, shame, or shocked. But God calls us not to sin. And the only way you do that is work through it with him and go back to our big idea. You've got to allow your anger to lead you to God. This leads us to Psalm 109. You're going to be shocked by what you see in here. This is an angry David. Open up your Bibles. You're not going to see it all on the screen, so get into your Bible right now. It's Psalm 109. I want you to follow along. Page 605 in the Pew Bible, so just grab it, and I want you to see what he does with his anger and how far he goes with his anger, and I want you to kind of find yourself in this. Psalm 109, verse 605. Just let's look at the first five passages. And I want you to ponder this. Why is he angry? And is, is his anger righteous or unrighteous? My God, who I praise, do not remain silent. For people who are wicked and deceitful have opened their mouths against me. They have spoken against me with lying tongues. With words of hatred, they surround me. They attack me without cause. In return... For my friendship, they accuse me, but I have a man of prayer. 
They repay me evil for good and hatred for my friendship. Righteous or unrighteous? I would actually say it's righteous. He's being treated poorly. He's been betrayed. It seems like friends have turned on him. And so he's saying to God, do not remain silent. So he's getting a little, he's getting a little strong with God. Like, God, you got to do something here. That's allowed in the relationship with God. That's true intimacy. That's authenticity. I think I got that out right, right? Authenticity. Now look where he goes here. I think it starts to get a little unrighteous here. Verse 6 through 15. I'm going to go fast, but it's going to be obvious. You're not going to see it all on the screen, so follow along on here. Appoint someone evil to oppose my enemy, God. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. Not so bad. When he is tried, let him be found guilty. And may his prayers condemn him. All right. Here we go. May his days be few. May another take his place of leadership. May his children be fatherless. And his wife a widow. May his children be wandering beggars. And may they be driven from their ruined home. May a creditor seize all he has. May strangers plunder the fruits of his labor. May no one extend kindness to him ever or take pity on his fatherless, homeless children who are beggars. May his descendants be cut off, their names blotted out from the next generation. He just went from child to wife to the whole next generation. Do you see how mad he is? May the inequity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord. May the sins of his mother never be blotted out. May their sins always remain before you, Lord. Here's the irony. David, sinner of sinners. Psalm 51, shown the most mercy ever makes us even question, is there, the most, is there mercy for an adulterer who kills the husband of the woman he has, commits adultery with? Do we... And he's saying, God, hold their sins before them forever, and may they never be blotted out. That's how mad he is. Anybody ever been that mad? Oh, yeah. God can handle it. God can handle it. He gets a little more tuned down. The air comes out of the balloon by 21. But you, sovereign Lord, help me for your name's sake. Out of the goodness of your love, just deliver me. Steams come out. He got the steam off, all right? He got the wind out. Look by 30 and 31. With my mouth, I will greatly extol the Lord. Now he's come back to praising God, all right? He got out of himself here. In the great throng of worshipers, I will praise him. And then he says, God, you're the one who stands at the right hand of the needy. Lord, simply put, save their lives from those who would condemn them. Lord, there are others but help me also. Do you see what he did there? I would say he sifted. I'm giving you some illustrations here because I want you to remember. He sifted. He got it out. He got the flow of his anger out so that the main point could get in there. Lord, help me. I'm feeling condemned. Folks, this is what God wants us to do. He wants us to go to him with this deep, deep desire of feeling this anger and then getting it out. Otherwise, I don't think we'll handle it well. 
I saw myself yesterday. Because here's what's so interesting. Sometimes anger is secondary, isn't it? Anger is a secondary emotion. My son and I yesterday drove and drove and drove and drove up to Kirkwood to go snowboarding. We left about 6.15. He's like, Dad, we should have left at 5.45. Don't worry, son. We'll be fine. And so we drove and drove and drove past Jackson up 88. And as you get to a little bit before Kirkwood, I could see everything starting to slow down. Well, there was a lot of people. Last week was canceled. And then you see everyone start coming down the mountain on the other side of me, and they're doing this. And I'm like, ah, oh, son, we'll wait it out. And then in the end, you get, you know, five miles. The last five miles took an hour and 10 minutes. And then we get up there, and they're saying, we're shut down. We're full capacity. Everyone's got to turn around. There's no drop-offs. Because after three and a half hours, so I'm like, ah. We turn around, and I was more disappointed than I was, what, angry? I was more disappointed than angry. So now find ourselves an hour later down in Jackson getting some food in the longest drive through line I have ever been in. And it's not even the food I wanted because I let my son pick and that was fine. But in the end, when I get up there, I'm, I'm handed like some french fries that I think were made on Friday. And I'm given a salad that it's supposed to be green and it looks pretty brown. And I've waited a half hour. And I turn to my son and I say some things that were just kind of like, this place is blah, 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 blah. <laughs> my anger was coming out because I was disappointed. Do you see that? We've got to sift, folks, with God to help us do this well. So here, as we close today, I want you to see this. What are you angry about? What will happen if you don't deal with it? Will you trust God with it? I'm going to ask our band to come up. I want to give you some time to meditate on this. There's white cards in the pew. Find something to write on. Grab your phone. Give yourself a moment here just to get it out. We have this process of naming our feelings, taming our feelings, and then bringing it to the Lord. Naming's just naming, I'm angry. Taming is, I'm feeling this way because. Claiming is taking to the Lord, letting him sift it, letting him tell you the truth about it. Would you take some space right now? The band's gonna play a little, they're gonna lead us in a closing song. What is it that God is wanting you to sift when it comes about your anger? What is he wanting to show you? What's the truth about it? How does he want to hold and guide you? Will you take some time right now? Lord, go before us. Lead us. Lead us as we do this. Lord, as we name it, as we tame it, as we claim it, see on the screen. Walk yourself through what's on the screen with regards to your anger and let the Lord lead you. I'll give you a few minutes to do that.
isn't it amazing? It's as simple as this. In our anger, if we let the Holy One in, He will lead us and make us more holy. That is why life is sacred. Because there's a soul in each of us that God is wanting to touch and teach and lead and live with us. That's why life is sacred. And God is wanting to make us new as we deal with how we feel. So Father, may we believe that more and more today. May we practice it. Lord, may the journals in the back be helpful for people to do this daily, weekly. Lord, thank you for people like Susie and other therapists in our community, Lord, that help guide people through a process. May people feel led if they're stuck in their anger to go get help. And in the end, God, may you receive the glory. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for tuning into our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.